Radio 76 proudly presents the 515 Show with your host, John Sarver. Who's at the 515 door today? Well, this is going to be a thrill. I mean, it's the cool part is that, as you well know, for our listeners of the radio station and our exploits at PRI this year, an interesting place, bumped into a lot of interesting people. And I'm telling you, we ran into this gentleman and we said, we have to have you on the 515. We were just amazed by the stuff he had. It is, of course, John Metric of Lone Star EV Performance in Lake Jackson, Texas. I just like to say anything about Lake Jackson. Hi, John. Hi, John. How are you? Dandy. I mean, I'm thinking, what's the weather in Lake Texas? Tell us it's hot. Oh, well, let's see. Uh, yeah, it's really kind of cold. Everybody's got a jacket on right now. It's about 72. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, thanks. You wait till tornado season. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The fun part is, I swapped this over here real quick. Um, that everybody that le- now you are a, a Michigan kid, weren't you? Didn't you grow up here? I grew up in Detroit. And I was born in Detroit and raised downriver in uh, Trenton. Right. Yeah. And how long were you here? Well, I, I uh, went to school so I wouldn't have to go to work at the steel mill where everybody seemed to go work, and uh, I got a degree in metallurgy, and a pro- proposed to my wife, came out, and no one was hiring. It was like 1986 or so, and uh, I asked my dad, I said, can you give me a job? And down at the plant, sure enough, started working at uh, the steel mill in uh, Trenton uh, in 1986, so uh, that was that was about two years before I said that was enough and got out of uh, <laughs> I got out of Detroit with my wife. We, we lived in Chicago for a little while, then Milwaukee, and then settled in Houston. I was going to say, that's kind of a unique bounce. I mean, go from point A to point B to point C. I mean, was there a reason that you ended up in Texas, or just like it just came out that way? Um, well, my, my um, this kind of feeds into the story behind Lone Star. See how that works? Is, uh, my specialty... Well, my specialty was the arc furnace business, and uh, we, we, I specialized in the DC furnace, the DC plasma furnaces, and uh, that's basically like a huge welding rod, except the, you know, the welding rod is instead of 40 volts and uh, 200 amps, it's uh, 600 volts and uh, 100,000 amps. So uh, we, we were very early experimenters in the DC uh, power supplies back then. And uh, the only way we figured out how to do it was to take DC motor drives and put them massively in parallel, 2,000 amps at a time. Wow. And so uh, over the years, we kind of perfected that and worked from silicon-controlled rectifier to, uh, uh, then to IGBTs and, uh, and there was a DC plasma furnace in uh, Houston they wanted me to work at. Okay, now, here comes, like, as we were saying before, it comes full circle. We bumped into John um, at PRI, and, and like we were saying before, anybody that was uh, watching our Facebook page and everything, we, we were just fascinated. You know, here comes the EVs. There, there's no stopping them. You can't. The big three, the big five, the big world, everybody is going electric car. Now, you got two different ways in going about it. you got 
your regular, regular cars and you get our EVs, and then you get your very, very, very quick EVs. <laughs> uh-huh. We seem to uh, tend to go to that side. We saw John, and I'm, I'm sure, you know, fans of CK here, seeing the very famous picture of John's motor with Sue's, uh, Sue Martin behind it. And now everybody knows Sue Martin is not very wide at all. And, and this motor was smaller than Sue, wide, but yet it was 1,500 horsepower. I mean, it looks like if you were had strong enough forearms, somebody could pick it up a couple inches off the ground. You know, I mean, I mean, John, tell us about this. It's 1,500 horsepower, 1,500 uh, foot torque, right? Right. All right. Pounds of torque, yep. And how much does this whole motor weigh? Uh, it weighs about 240 pounds. So it's about less than half of a, you know, kind of a V8 motor, big block V8. This just blows my mind. Now, there was a couple of things. PRI, it, it, people are, are kind of, I don't know, John, do you see this? That when it comes to the EV world, people don't really know how to really go about it. Because PRI mm-hmm. threw you into like a side room with a mishmash of other, you know, EV, and I'm using the air quotes there, people. Yeah. You know, because yeah. I, I don't know if they, they feel uncomfortable or they're not exactly sure or they just saw EV and they go, yeah, okay, put them up over with these people. Well, I'll tell you the whole story. So, sure. Um, the, the professional racing industry trade show has been, you know, it's not the SEMA show where the public's invited. It's kind of like racing professionals only. And if you walk around in there, you, you know, you, you bump into like Mr. Edelbrock and, you know, Mr. Uh, uh, Lingenfelter. And I mean, all these famous names, you know, in the engine business for all this time. Sure. Um, and, um, we, we uh, started going there as the National Electric Drag Race Association uh, about eight years ago, and I was paying for it out of my own pocket back then. And uh, we just, we said, hey, there's no electrics here, we're going to go. And we, we bought a, a booth space, and we set up, and we had very, very minimal booths way back in the day, and uh, people would walk by and sneer, oh, electrics, that'll never take off, you know, and then they'd move, they'd move on. So we... We had to endure about three years of that. Now, this is back before Tesla, right? This is this is before, uh, you know, Nedra's been around since uh, 25 years now. So wow. um, I, I got involved in about 2009-10, and then I ran for president in 2011, I think, and then I've been president ever since, and uh, just now retired this year and handed the keys over to uh, Alan Thomas out of Muskegon. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, so over these years, uh, you know, nobody's interest, nobody's interest, no electric vehicle, anything at the show except us. <laughs> and we're like, Hey, would you like to talk? Hey, would you like to talk? <laughs> you know, and people would walk by. And so each year it got a little bit better. It was less sneering and less arguments. And then, you know, about, I don't know, third year there was people would come by and they'd say, you know, hey, I was thinking about converting to electric. Uh, we saw this guy on a, on a YouTube, you know, he was doing seven seconds in the quarter mile. I said, yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, um, so 
anyway, we, we started to say, hey, we could sell some products here. And uh, with my knitter hat on, I didn't like to do that, so I never took a, you know, a true, uh, you know, Nedra, uh, and the true new, a Lone Star booth by itself, it was always a Nedra booth. And then slowly, uh, I tried to wiggle it that Nedra would pay for it, and then uh, they got the 50% of the payment, and finally full payment. When they got to the full, you know, budgeted the full amount for the booth, then I said, hey, this is the year I'm going to do my own booth. And so uh, I resigned, and uh, I put my own booth up there. So when you were walking around, that was the first time we've actually been uh, high-performance electric racing components booth at the PRI show. And um, when they started this EV performance section, they called me about six months ago and said, John, we know nobody in the industry. Who who can we get to call? So I said, wow, man, you want to call this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. And of course, Ford, Ford was coming along, and they, they've kind of got their own. They had, what, three, two, three cars there? Yeah, two, yeah. And... Yeah, so Ford, uh, it was our first year of just having Ford electric cars there, and uh, Chevy had a little display, and uh, then we had two big dragsters there, Alan Thomas's uh, Muskegon Community College dragster, uh, which was called Field Trip, and then um, uh, Steve Huff's dragster, he drove, dragged that all the way out from um, Seattle, and he has uh, currently got the highest mile per hour in the quarter mile, 200, and uh, we're, we're still on top at 7.2 in the, in the ET zone, but uh, they didn't want my dragster. I'm, I'm not that famous, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We tried to get Don Garlitz. Don Garlitz is, uh, uh, you know, in the 7.2s as well, and um, so those are the big three cars, but there's, there's dozens and dozens and dozens of other um, you know, slightly lower performance cars, and then there's there's uh, you know OEM manufacturers are now starting to have their own programs, and then finally, after years and years of holding their hand, the NHRA and IHRA now are letting electrics into their uh, Summit Super Series, uh, and they had six, I think, uh, six electric vehicles in the Summit Super Series in Memphis this year, and the IHRA, I didn't get a final count from them but they they've been doing it for three years now so they were actually the first you know what i think is fascinating john is that yeah you know chevrolet's got their electric copo and um, ford's got the electric mustang the 1500 1400 you know but what really caught my ear was when you said you know what i don't think they they're doing it right you know, both those manufacturers or those cars because, you know, everybody was like all impressed. Wow, look at this electric Mustang. They found 1,400 horsepower and they clicked it up. And, you know, yeah, it's not as fast as anybody else, but, you know, gee, we're just beginning. Tell us the reason why you think that those things are a little off the mark. I heard through the grapevine that I am not don't think I'm violating anybody's trust here, but just I heard through the grapevine yeah. that, that the... Uh, the electric Mustang was not supposed to beat the Ford factory, uh, Ford, uh, you know, the Cobra Jet uh, yeah. combustion engine car. It was supposed to be designed to be just like one tenth of a second less, so that it'd be they would have three exhibition shows and w- one gas, and then would win, and then one electric would win, and then the gas would come back and win the best two out of three, so they could still sell some. <laughs> 
nice. factory a Mustang. I, I, that's just that's just a hurt through the grapevine, but uh, I, I don't have any. I haven't got any official forward word on that, but um, yeah. But I mean, did you say that when you take a look at these cars? You know, you take a look at their engine bay and you go, "How the heck did you guys put this together?" I mean, it, it was. Uh, you know, compared to your yeah. motor, you take a look at their setup, and you go, why well, is this setup so overly complicated? I, I think they just tried to work with what they had rather than a, a bespoke uh, system, you know. So they took four, you know, like four uh, 300 horsepower motors and bolted them together with, with gear drives in the transmission to make it work. And uh, I mean, it's, a, it's just a professional-looking build. I think, I think I heard they spent two million bucks on it, the carways. 5,500 pounds and uh, the suspension's just probably screaming bloody murder, but uh, <laughs> uh, it, it's very competitive, very good, very good build. Just, I, I wish I had a few million. We'd be, we'd be talking about five second electrics and uh, 250 and 300 miles an hour, not, you know, not trying to push for the 200 thing. So, you know what? And then that's uh, exactly. New, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, John. Well, I was going to say the new motor I'm working on is bespoke motor specific for uh, electric drag racing and first people who look at it said, man, can we put that in a boat? <laughs> hey, can we uh, do a sand rail dragster, right? You know, uh, pop it a monster truck, you know, what? where can it go? But somebody's got to build it the first one and then then people start to think. So that was my goal was was we've got the battery. We, with a metallurgical background, I built a custom built design and ordered that and somebody makes that for me. And I have to sell a certain amount per year and then, uh, then the motor and the controller, uh, someone came to me and said, hey, I've got an idea for a motor that'll do 2,000 horsepower. I said, okay, well, so I leased that technology, and we, we are uh, building those uh, bespoke you know, motors uh, to do these kind of multi-thousand horsepower. Uh, uh, and then about the time we're ready to go to market, uh, we went to place the order for the first round of parts, and now the... the, the Global chip crisis bit us, and they, they're bidding out 50, 50, 60 week deliveries on some of these things. So we're, we're right now we're in the uh, redesign mode. We're going to go around these super uh, high performance chips that are that are in such short demand, and so they're, they're the CAN bus chips and things. Uh, you know, like I'm sitting in a, a Dodge Ram truck right now, and I think there are one thousand CAN bus chips in this truck. That I heard. Wow. Like the power windows and the blinkers and uh, the rear cameras, you know, you you got to you got to communicate camera signals from all sorts of parts of the car to the center console display. So that's a chip on each end of that wire, and then uh, you know everything's flawed with wire nowadays. So everything's a, a chip in each component where you didn't have that before. So when you're trying to build a million, two million cars times a thousand chips, it's it's a hundred million chips. <laughs> You know, John. You know, there was a question, but was brought up by one of our interns. When you say spoke motor, what are you talking about? I mean, bespoke, uh, bespoke, bespoke, meaning like, yeah, bespoke, like you made to order, made, gotcha. made specifically for the application. The the, the, more, the Ford Mustang uh, motors are like Borg Warner motors. They're like standard, uh, you know, generic uh, motors. Right. They're, they're not specifically made for racing, and that's so. In order to get the the horsepower they needed, they had to like cobble four of them together, and they got like a complicated gearbox and over and under drive system and uh, four four controller 
You know, John, if Ford is listening right now, or Chevrolet, and they go, you know what? Hello. Yeah. <laughs> You know, if they said, look, yeah, you're right. You know what? We had to hurry up and get something together here. But, you know, if we take our time and we got the checkbook a little bit more opened up, you know, John Metric, what can you do? You know, here's the the, the, the Mustang Cobra body. You know, we'll see you in a couple of months. What would you do? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, first of all, just, you know, a much larger design, more, more torque, uh, in a single system, and then just drive uh, like my that that out uh, that system you saw at the PRI show is basically a motor, uh, a dragster coupler, and a rear differential. That was the whole entire drive system. In you know, not counting the differential, that's only two really high speed moving parts, which is two bearings. Nothing else rubs on anything. There's no other transmission involved. There's no other. Um, pump or fluid or um, if Lucas Oil's out there, I, I could use some Lucas Oil uh, sponsorship <laughs> and the motor uses the oil. <laughs> but, uh, you know, there's, there's really no moving parts in that other than the two bearings. And, uh, of course, the rotor's spinning in there. It's got magnets on it. Um, the, the coil around the outsides, are, uh, are they don't move. So it's a very simple, uh, straightforward drive system in that. Uh, the Ford Mustang systems. There's, you know, like I said, it's got uh, gear drives and bell, possibly bell. I don't know how what the inside of that gear drive system is, but uh, possibly belts and then uh, then a full transmission behind that. You know, I, I mean, John, how much horsepower are they losing going through a system oh, like right. that? Exactly right. Maybe I don't know, fifteen percent. I would say right there. So. Wow. Electrics hate that. Yeah, electric electric battery systems really hate the like big waste of power. Like my first the big uh, rail that we did used nineteen hundred battery horsepower in order to make fourteen hundred uh, horsepower to the rear wheel. And uh, our new system with all the trans you know no more transmission, no more overdrive, no more um, uh, all those moving parts. Uh, we're literally like ninety eight percent efficient from the battery to the not counting the battery, but uh, from the battery to the motor. There's just literally no losses, no heat. Yeah, because that kills, doesn't that? I mean, in, in a quarter-mile kind of situation with electric cars, you know, the, the lot of there's so much misinformation out there. You know, we're so glad mm-hmm. you're here today because that you <laughs> some of the stuff that we hear, you know, it's like, look, we understand – it's a strange thing, and as much as we are talking about in the production meeting this morning, you know, it seems like that EV folks can go into an ice world, but it's just like you were just, you know, talking about before in your display. There's a lot of folks in the ice world that cannot go into the electric side, and they'll try to use whatever reason possible, you know. I mean, it's almost like the five I mean, Mentally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mentally they can't, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a few out there. I meet a, a few every show we go to. It's, there's somebody walk up and say, "Hey, I was thinking about putting one of these in a inside the housing of a tractor transmission, and no one would know it's in there. And I would, <laughs> I would be able to flick a switch and add a thousand extra foot pounds of torque at the end of the line when I really need it." I'm like, "Yeah, you can do that." <laughs> and and so there's like some Orville Wright out there who walk up and say, "I got the application." 
and I've been thinking about it, and I'll do anything to win. You know, competition makes a, a great driving force, and then yeah. other folks uh, just, just they can't see it. There, there's no way that that could apply to tractor pulling. You know. <laughs> yeah, but it seems like wouldn't that be a natural for tractor pulling? I mean, I know we do drag racing here and stuff like that, but how you know. If you really do take a look at some of those tractor pullers, you know, they got four, five, six blown Hemis on it. First of all, I don't even know how you gang all that together, How? but it looks neat, you know. But how much torque could you possibly, if you went full out on one of those major tractors, how much torque do you think you could realistically develop with an EV? Well, um, they multiply all that times the gear ratio, right? So like monster trucks and tractor pullers all run like about a 20 to one first gear. So it's, you know, you take your motor torque times 20 to one and that's, you know, so like if say my motor develops 1500 foot pounds and you run through a 20 to one drive, uh, yeah, that's right. You got 30,000 foot pounds of torque at the, at the rear wheel. So that's how they pull those big sleds, you know, but it's almost instantaneous, isn't it? Um, so, you know, if you ever watched tractor pulling, I don't know how we got off on this subject, but if you watch the tractor pulling, there's a very, there's a very long period where they're, that, that engine's building up power. Right, yeah. You know, and uh, they, they make max horsepower at the kind of down at the end. Uh, but, yeah, the EV could, uh, to me, if that's on a timer, the EV could probably pull that out of the hole and get that thing down there before the, uh, the, the weight even shifts down there. Unless there's some rule, I don't know what that means. You can't <laughs> you can't pull on full power till till the weight's halfway up the ramp. But uh, yeah, no, it'd be ideal. Yeah, I mean, the only reason why I brought that up is because there's folks that that know about <clears throat> if you're in drag racing and stuff, and you look at motorsports and you see that you know the those tractors just like pulling like crazy three quarters of the way down the front ends come up and all that stuff and you hear them like ease on to the power the difference between right. the ice engine and the uh, the ev motor is ev is like we're here now friends you know where you we don't have to go right. through a track and hope to god we don't blow you know a piston or something through the side of the through the block you know and that's right. and right. that's kind of the fun part that we're talking about too going back to what you do I mean, this is kind of for high-performance EV. This is kind of like 1956 all over again. It is. It's awesome. I, I, I'm having conversations with, like, a drag boat guy, and we're talking about, like, what would the prop torque be? What would the tra- And he's like, you make that much torque down low, I could put a prop on about this big, and we jump out of the hole, like, 10 feet out of here. You know, it opens up a whole other, uh, you know, solves a lot of uh, off-the-line issues that uh, most engines uh, can't. They can't make the torque and or the horsepower at you know right off the line. Um, another one was what was the other one? Oh, a sand rail. Somebody's doing a sand rail dragster, and uh, you know nobody knew like is is a sand rail fast because it's scooping scooping dirt and sending the dirt flying in the other direction, and this is you know it's literally like climbing the dirt and, and going, or do you literally have tractions just like a car might? And you dig, and you can really take off slow, like slow RPM. And it, would that be quicker than what they normally do? Is just the tires go up to like a hundred miles an hour right from the beginning. You know, throw this huge stream of dirt out. Yeah, I was like, I don't know. Nobody knows. It's like 1950. 
I mean, does that amaze you, John, when people say, when they come up to you and say, how much torque can we get, how much this can we get, and you give them some kind of great number and their eyes just go like saucers? Yeah, yeah, like you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like us. Yeah, yeah absolutely like, like you us. Did? Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. I say, uh, yeah, it's just not a matter of, you know, it's just a matter of money and time right now. It's like the technology's out there. We can do it. Yeah, but I mean, now... I mean, look at how many technology breakthroughs we've had, I would say, in the last 10 years. You know, with battery, um, uh-huh. I, I mean, just even to get a mass-produced electric car on the road, uh, phenomenal. Sure. You know, I mean, but now, sure. everything that you have seen in the last 10 years, I mean, what, what's kind of like the two, three biggest things that has changed in the last decade in EV to make this thing look you know, this is wild. This is really going to be something. Uh, well, the great thing is, like, uh, the, the NEDRA uh, group, the National Electric Dragger Association, NEDRA.com, you, you can, it spans about 25 years, and these guys were doing this back when there were no, you couldn't, like, call up and get a mass-produced electric car. So there was a thing called conversions, right? Uh, you had to convert another car into electric. Uh, the, the few that did, or, or sort of pilots like the EV1 by GM, and then they scrapped that, and then, you know, some Ford Ranger electric truck, and uh, they scrapped that. And, and, um, but then uh, somewhere, I think about when the Nissan Leaf came out, people who were doing the conversions were saying, wow, I can get a car, an electric car with air conditioning, and I don't, and I don't have to convert it over for 30000 each, I, you know. Um, that was a big uh, turning point where everybody's eyes opened and, you know, like, wow, we're, we're not doing this for uh, that anymore. And then I think uh, the people, the, the young kid who got a hold of his dad's Tesla and uh, stripped all the uh, interior sound deadening and all the, you know, took out the seats and, you know, stripped it down to just bare bone chassis. He got, I think, six, eight hundred pounds out of the car. And he took off, you know, like eight tenths of a second off of its quarter mile time. That was like a big breakthrough there, where, where you literally had a high-performance car and stripped it down, just like they used to do, right? Yeah. I mean, 19, 1965 Dodge Hornet or something like that, absolutely bare bones, so there's nothing in there. <laughs> like a wooden seat just <laughs> bolted to the floor, you know, and nothing else. <laughs> um, let's see, what else? Um I don't think we've seen it yet, but uh, I think a big breakthrough would be like somebody's going to follow my footsteps with custom bespoke batteries. Uh, we're looking for a U.S. company to build um, uh, about a hundred thousand cells a year. If they, you know of anybody, um, I think that when we can really come in and say, "Hey, I want this tweaked. I want this here. I want this there," um, you know, hundred C cells, 200C cells, I think we can see some 3 and 400C cells where you're going to get a little battery pack about the size of a suitcase, and it's going to do like 3,000 horsepower. Right now it's, you know, it's a three or 400 pound pack um, doing, you know, doing 1,500 horsepower. Uh, I think we can cut that in half again, and that'll take out another whole, you know, couple hundred, you know. Anyway, it's going to really trim some times out. Um, yeah. I mean, what do you think of solid-state batteries? Are they a real thing, or that was, like, a nice idea? 
rephrase your question? What was the question? You know, there's like you always hear in this background. Yes, but yes, but but as soon as we get the solid state batteries ready, you know, we won't have. Oh, to, yeah, we don't have to do this, and we don't have to do that, and the charging times will be blah blah blah. I mean, is that well, a real thing, John, or is that just something where eh, it's nice? However, it'll never be to market. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I went to the university, and there's usually in the back there's the professors got, uh, uh, you know, masters of science and PhDs working on his staff, and they're trying to churn out. Uh, patents and things like that, and usually these things about ceramic salt states, uh, you know, they're about the size of uh, a peanut, you know, and they say, ah, well, now we've got this, and uh, the paper is produced, and uh, I'm, I'm not being pessimistic, I really like to see it, but I think it's probably 10 to 15 years from something to go from a laboratory bench scale to, uh, to full-blown, you know, production car. You, you, you can't unless you want to do a racing car. You call me up and we'll put one in your, you know, and show a demonstrator. But uh, but to do a whole product line for a car, um, you got to be, you know, massively produced, a billion dollar plant, and uh, you know, it's going to take ten or ten or fifteen years, I think. But I mean, what's the advantage, John, of having a solid state battery as opposed to what they have now? Well. solid lithium, like in a, a layer above an oxide uh, ceramic kind of a substrate, and it, it strays from the solid into the substrate. And since it's solid lithium and solid oxide and there's a solid separator, uh, they call it a solid battery or a solid state battery. Um, to me, with anything with lithium metal in it, still a fire hazard and some various things. Uh, that specific technology more energy dense than solid lithium metal. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know how else to say that. Okay. Um, but uh, in, in a typical battery like mine, now we're not using any kind of solid metallic lithium. It's lithium on an organic solution. And so you've got this other molecule, and, and lithium is just like a little flea on the back of the elephant as the elephant's walking through a polypropylene sheet. Sorry if I get a little too technical. But uh, mm. in, in a lithium metal, you know, it's a single little atom of lithium, which is just one step above a helium atom, and it, it can flow kind of where it wants to, and um, I, again, I apologize if that's a wrong patent, uh, or no, that's whatever fine. everybody's talking about, but... Uh, no, it, what's happening is that GM is saying that they're developing a solid-state battery, so when you take out the family Impala, that's all EV'd, that you'll be able to charge it up in three minutes and be on your merry way because that's it's this magical term, you know, solid state oh, battery. Well. You know, okay. Well, the infrastructure, the infrastructure to charge that much power, just like people always say, what's your back charge rate? And I say 5C. And they're like, wow, only 5C? And I said, do you, do you know how much 5C of charge rate is? Uh, uh, it's like unheard of. So for just for example, my... My battery pack is, uh, um, well, I don't know, say it's uh, 26 kilowatt hours. And uh, to, to fill up that in 5C means now I'm going to fill it up in uh, 20 minutes. 
um, that that's a massive amount of power into that tiny little pack. Um, now a Tesla pack's even bigger, right? It's a uh, thousand pounds or twelve hundred pounds, and to do it in twenty minutes, it, those are some massive cables that are going in there. Um, to do it, what ten times faster? I just <laughs> um, yeah, the current draw, the voltage draw, and all that. There's going to be some. There's going to have to be some infrastructure. We're talking about level one, level two charging. Is going to be level six. Uh, you're going to pull up to a. You're going to pull up to a humongous transformer, and you're going to put one big four aught cable on the left side of the car, <laughs> one big four aught on the right, and it's going to be a thousand volts, and you're going to say go. And get out of the car. <laughs> well, I'm, man, I just did. A lot of power, and then they have people trying to do that themselves in, in some kind of system. But I'm sure it could be done down the road. Yeah, I mean, all the new Myers up here, and it's pretty phenomenal because we saw over the Christmas break that they've actually, they a lot of um, the Meyer, which is like the Kroger, uh, they have, they used to have like a courtesy pump, and I'm doing that air thing again. Yes. I mean, but now they they expanded out to ten. They have ten Tesla and ten EV America pumps. I do believe, you know. Right. And I was amazed, you know, only because really here comes the acceptance. And for everything that you had to do, because you have all these incredible ideas in your head, there is no book for you, John. Is there to how do we do this? How do we take this to the next step? How do I talk to people? How do I get this in production? How do I get folks behind me? I mean, how difficult is this to wake up going, Eureka, let's try this, and go, well, how do we try this? <laughs> um, well, somebody's got to take some risk, and uh, usually there's some capital risk involved. So, I mean, I've, I've taken my retirement, and I've plunked it down into this business. Mm. And uh, it's, it's, it's just maybe now starting to climb out of the hole. And um, I don't know. So somebody's got to take some risks and uh, build some first prototypes, and then somebody can see it, and then they've got something to invest in. And, uh, and just like any invention, there's you know, like somebody says, "Man, you should patent that." I'm like, "Yeah, six grand to nine grand. <laughs> you know, it's going to take a year. Got to hire a lawyer." Um, yeah, but think but of the billions. <laughs> It is kind of amazing now that you do have people that are going. There, there seems to be, and Chevrolet was pushing this at PRI, um, the the EV crate motors. You know, do you have a Blazer? Do you have a, you know, whatever car it is? It's easy to do these engine swaps, motor swaps, I guess you should say. You know, and they seem to be coming up now. There seems to be um, a lot of people that have good car bodies the engines are not, you know, the ice engines are gone now, and they're looking to keep this. I mean, how terrifically easy slash difficult, John, is it to do one of those swaps? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I think it usually is harder than anybody thinks about it's going to be in the first place, so <laughs> uh, just be, be prepared for that. Nobody comes out of it and says, boy, that was easier than I thought. Um but also for the um, individual person looking at doing a swap, uh, if you don't like messing with electricity and high voltage and, and, and fear electricity, don't get into 
Yeah. Uh, let's see. Another words of wisdom. Uh, how about? I I think that uh, when you know bolting the motor in is about the easiest part of the build. Okay. Okay. Uh, the, the the more difficult part comes with where do you put the batteries and uh, any uh, somebody wants a range in their car. Think about that thousand pound. Because you're taking a look at like what EV West does and stuff when they were talking about having kits for like Carmen Gias and Volkswagens and, and whatnot. And then you take a look at it and you go, where do you stuff the batteries in a Volkswagen bug? Yeah. You know, or- yeah, I don't uh, I do not do conversions myself. I, I, I usually just sell the drivetrain batteries and, and all that. Um, but there are some good companies out there. Michael Breen with EV West and uh, uh, Green Shed Motors uh, in Florida. Uh, or two that come to mind, and um, you give them a call, and uh, they'll help you with the conversion. Yeah, but I was just, just to go along with what you were saying before with the battery, it's like, where do you put that? I mean, that car is so small, you know? I mean, unless you have a small battery pack that you're just going to go around the block and come back, you know, it, it's it's phenomenal. Well, you can get 50 miles of range, like, fairly easy and trunk size stuff, and... Uh, if your goal is to go to the bar, show off, and come back, I, which, uh, believe me, that's my main goal. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, <laughs> but if that's your goal, uh, you can do this, and it's very important. Or you want to go coffee and cars back home? There you go. Um, Cross country trips and a home conversion—it's just a little bit. It's a little bit tricky. Yeah, I mean, there's um, there's so many people that, you know, with Chevrolet, I, I don't know where they're coming from because I don't know how many people still have a K5 Blazer laying around. You know, it's like, sure. wouldn't you want to do a conversion for cars that are still fairly plentiful? You know, I mean, that's, but then there's, why would you do their 200 horsepower motor or 300 horsepower motor when they can step up, you know, to a Lone Star EV? You know, I mean, that still blows my mind every time I that I see that. Well, uh, here's another thing. Is if you put a blazer, it's got a very poor aerodynamics, and, and what really governs long range, especially highway range, is your aerodynamics. And uh, that's why they put so much effort into that Tesla. If you ever notice the front, it's like completely clean of anything. It's 
like right. there's no radiator, you know. Uh, that's because all that radiator business all is like really bad for aerodynamics. Um, that car is slick. That car is uh, slides through the air with very little drag loss, and that drag loss is the horsepower you need to f- push through the air. The wheel, you know, the wheel drag is nothing. It's three three horsepower, but the aerodynamic drag that's what's that's what you need to go through. So when you have a blazer, you know, the highway the highway horsepower is very high. And, uh, well, you're like uh, pushing a barn home. door down the road. <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, exactly. So, uh, uh, to have a long range of the blazer, that's that's even astro. You know, that's that's the square of the problem I just described. That's where they put it. John, what if you had like any body style to put your motor in? I mean, does the, does the fifteen hundred mile or fifteen? 15- Hundred horsepower motor have a, a name, so we don't have to keep calling it the fifteen hundred horsepower motor. Well, it's it's a long name, but it's called extinction level event, and you can, we, for short, we call it the extinction motor. <laughs> the extinction, extinction, of course, is like ice engine extinction or DC motor, you know, extinction or uh, just the end of an era. Yeah. It's driven by a controller called the Event Horizon, which is goes along with extinction level event. It's the event horizon, so you can see it. You know, the extinction is about ready to happen, and uh, the event horizon is going to bring it. So, uh, I will tell you my favorite car to put that in yeah. is a Ford GT40. Wow. Really? If any car that yeah. you wanted, you'd put it in there. Nice. Yeah, in fact, I'm already, I'm already doing it, and uh, if you go on Facebook, you can see the Lone Star EV performance, uh, Lone Star EV racing, there's a picture of uh, the new car, it's Event Horizon, and uh, we're shooting for 300 miles an hour in the Texas Mile. And uh, somebody just did that two years ago, uh, M2K Motorsports, and they did 300 miles an hour with a 1,400 horsepower, four uh, GT, and a standing start, one mile, and hit 300 miles an hour. So our goal is that, which would be another first where electric knocked off the all-time fastest gas-powered car and anything, you know, we've already done it kind of like at uh, Pike's Peak every year, and um, uh, we think this is another one where we can knock off the very fastest of any gas car anywhere on street tires in uh, uh, Texas Mile, or Colorado Mile, or one of the other miles. Yeah, because you're not really worried about air density and stuff in, in Colorado. I mean, that's another fun I thing. I know. About- I know, right? So the the, yeah. uh, the Pikes Peak hill climb, you know, the, the car's making half as much horsepower at the top as it is the bottom in an ice car, but an electric car's doing the same all the way up. That's fascinating, man. I mean, that you that you, it's fascinating that you got a GT40 body somewhere. God bless you. <laughs> yeah, it's a kid. And now it's a kid. I, I didn't feel right. I still not cut up original... Uh, Camaro or Ford GT40. That's how to do this too. So, but it's a 300 mile an hour HRE chassis, full funny car, GT40, and from 10 feet away you can't tell the difference. Wow, wow! And who's yeah, going to be driving this, John? I'm, I'm the driver. I have uh, I've got a Texas mile license, and uh, I've got a full NHRA uh, top dragster license. So we could do 300 right now with my license. So. Um, Texas Mile, I'm only licensed to do 199, but um, okay, we're, we're going to soon exceed that. So. 
So when is this going to see the light of day? Uh, just as soon as some chips come in. <laughs> All right, so here's... Really, it's going to be another half a year. Should we have our listeners go through used car lots and take chips out of cars and send them to you? I appreciate that. <laughs> you can tell them, uh, we're in Lake Jackson, Texas. <laughs> So we can get this, because, man, that's going to be fascinating. I mean, if you hit, I mean, do you see any roadblocks to getting to 300? But in your mind, it's like, okay, check that box, check that box. Yeah, we look pretty ready to go. I I think, I, I don't see any issue with it right now. Just um, a, a few things we talked about was uh, cooling the motor actually makes it perform better. And so one thought would be just dump a bunch of nitrous in the uh, motor ahead of time and get that thing down to about minus 20 degrees and take off in that kind of performance the whole miles you do in 17 seconds so really only need to, we only need to use 17 seconds of power and of course the thing's pulling 70 7200 amps <laughs> Whee! You, only, you only need to do 7000 amps for i mean john would that engine be toast at the end of this testing I mean, no, no. I, I guarantee that uh, I guarantee the brains for life, and uh, there there should be really no failure modes in there. This this is a, a Megard motor to twenty five hundred volts. It's designed to for this specific application, and uh, I I really don't see a problem with it. We totally forgot to mention that that the motor that you have, the fifteen hundred horsepower, the fifteen hundred uh, foot pounds torque motor, is guaranteed. Mm-hmm for life, as long as they use your battery, right? Uh, yeah, there's a few qualifications you got to use, but they'll, they're guaranteed for life. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, there's no moving parts. I don't, there's really nothing to fail in there. Uh, again, I've, I've gone down the drag strip, you know, about 20, 20 30 times with it, but uh, uh, we, we haven't really got up to the, the max speed yet. Uh, just, we're having some we're blowing the tires off with it. These are 33-inch tall drag slicks, and it's just just smoking them. And uh, we're going back in to, uh, to really lighten the load. It needs to take off much, much lower torque. than uh, I, I think I mentioned this. We're, we're one of the first designs that uh, really needs to slip torque at the beginning rather than multiply the torque. Uh, so the big top fuel cars, you know, they, they don't, they just run direct drive. They just have a clutch, right? There's mm-hmm. no, there's no transmission in there. They're not multiplying the torque. He runs a 323 uh, rear gear and a clutch. Other than that, it's a direct drive. Where? You know that? Go ahead. The top fuel. The top fuels. The the you know, top alcohol top fuel dragsters are are a direct drive. They're just a motor hooked to the rear end. Yeah. To right. a clutch. They have like a five-stage clutch, so it's either slipping a lot, slipping a little, or not slipping at all. And so we're we're, we're getting to the point where electrics need that kind of a system on the front end rather than, you know, where we used to run. Like the 7.2, we're running through a, a two-speed transmission, meaning I had to multiply the torque to start. And then we shifted to one-to-one direct drive. Well, with the new motor and the new weight, we're at 1,500 pounds on the car, by the way, 1,500, 1,500, 1,500. Um, that one-to-one power-to-weight ratio, uh, the horsepower-to-pound ratio, we, we're, 
we don't need all the torque at the front end. I, if you take 1,500 foot-pounds times a 3.0 rear end, you, that's 4,500 foot-pounds. It's 3 Gs. The track can't even hold that much. So we're actually having to slip it at the beginning, and I don't have a clutch in there, so I'm going to do it electrically. It's got to be done very, very fast. So we're programming We're programming that in right now. Good Lord. I mean, those numbers boggle because everybody, when you when you talk about on the electrical side, if you're not from there, you know, you try to like jump into numbers that we're familiar with, and everybody right. they don't want to know about the battery and the charging and all this and that. How much horsepower? How much torque? How much horsepower? How much torque? How much does it weigh? And I'm telling you, when right. you showed that one motor, because I'm thinking, well, okay, here's the prototype. Where's the rest of it? And it's like, put your hands on it. There it is. When you put the cell phone on it, oh, and yeah. it was one half the size for 1,500 horsepower, you know. And yeah. I, yeah, that came right out of our car. That, that's not some kind of vaporware. That's that's right out of a running car. So we've, we've had that thing spinning the wheels and, and blowing the tires off and smoking them. You can go on YouTube and go to Lone Star EV uh, racing and see see some of our videos. About hundred down there. That's impressive to me when you have to dummy down your motor because it has too much off the line. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like kind of, it's, you talked about breakthroughs and, and like benchmarks and high water marks. That's I think that's one. I, I think that's the first time where we, somebody said, "Hey, I need to not bring on full torque at the beginning." Um, up till now, normally somebody says, "Hey, you need to." You know, bring the throttle on slowly. Well, usually the the track prep isn't better down track. So whatever you have your first track prep at the beginning is is the power level that you want to go all the way down with. And if you had too much torque, you just change the gear down. You know, but now we've got the gear down all the way down, and hey, we're still blowing it off. And so now it's time to uh, actually slip. That is it's, slip the clutch, so to speak. It's phenomenal. And it really is because when you were leaving with with the dragster, what? How many RPMs were you running at the light when you left? Um, the, the, the last dragster, the, yeah, or this dragster, this the last one. dragster, uh, about four thousand RPM at, at the quarter mile. Wow! Yeah, the new one, the new motor's ten thousand RPM should be at the, at the quarter mile. <laughs> God! All right, so totally, I, totally different. Are we going to see 210, 220 horse or mile per hour soon? Yes, I think so. If uh, <laughs> I got I got five engineers right now working on re- arranging, you know, their circuit design and trying to go around these chips that are such scarce supply, and I think we'll have a stronger, faster design when it's all said and done. And uh, if we can do that, uh, get back on the road here, we uh, we should be in the 210, 220, 250 miles per hour. Um, our our short term immediate goal is a 60 quarter mile. Quarter mile. Yeah, 60 quarter mile. Ooh, how many times? How close are we going to see before we see the match races? Before we see the gas guy and the EV guy come up to the light at the same time? This is going to be interesting. I mean. Mm-hmm. Oh no! I mean, not. Well, like don't, I said, I, we're not going to go up against the million-dollar teams, you know. But I'm just oh, saying. Oh, I know that's such a yeah. That's that's hard to do. I mean, and, and they've got so many years ahead of. We well, you know one thing about that though is they do have throttle restrictors and things on those top fuel 
hell to do out there. Um, <laughs> you know, so soon as soon as we get close to beat knocking those guys off, they'll they'll probably open up the the bottle a little more and <laughs> let a little more horsepower out. But um, well, they've had how many more decades to fool around no, with the ice engine? Exactly. That's yeah, we're coming up fast. I I, I think the, the, from from us going from say thirteen second quarter mile to 'Scandinavia, you know, I mean that he's doing his thing over there. I mean, like Norway and Sweden, they're just jumped on anything that's left any kind of EV racing. Guess where well, you're moving to? <laughs> I I love it. I've been there. Awesome you've place. Been to, you've been north of the Arctic Circle in the middle of the summer. It's sunny all day long. That's a <laughs> it's an interesting place over there. So time, I like it in the summer. I'm not sure I would like it in the winter. Yeah, but what a better time to open up a track there, John, if you're 24 hours sunshine for six months. Nice, right? <laughs> yeah, think of the proving <laughs> the proving capabilities of being there. You know, and there was so many times where, where people will talk to us about EVs and they go, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. You know, but again, what you see today, they're already figured out some of those problems you know, down the road, you're, it's just, there's a lag time, you know, and everybody has this brand new, and, and you said something about that with, with the uh, uh, peanut battery, so to speak, in the back of the room, you know, every, it's the wild, wild west, it's ready, set, boom, go, everybody try to find the best mouse trap out there for EV, go, 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 and you're going to hear all kinds of different kind of back and forth, and, you know, the LG chems and, and everybody else, you know, who's got the better battery, oh, this, this, you know, and there was always some kind of university of Mississippi that developed, you know, a battery pack that fits inside of a, a yeah. you know, a, a yeah, runs, beer can. Yeah, it runs on algae. Yeah, it runs on algae and, uh, you yeah. know, pollution-free and, you know, yeah. water. It's a water battery. It's just a water battery. Yeah, it's so made by fusion. air. <laughs> cold, cold fusion. Yeah, yeah that's, it right. is. Yeah, it runs on air and runs on Miller beer. And it, uh, right. you know, right. it's only as big as your hand, and everybody's all excited about it, and it's like, okay, well, now that you got past your POC, your proof of concept, let's actually see it work real world. All right, so rest assured, people, there's a lot of stuff going out. There's a few people that are not, I mean, that are kind of even on your level, John. I mean, you got this thing going on so much, it impressed the hell out of us. And even on that drive back home from Indiana, <laughs> that's a hell of a drive home, you know, we were just amazed by how small that motor is. And everything is like genius. It makes sense. You know, once you take a look at the EV stuff, and again, we run both sides of the track. We love our ice guys. We love the EV guys. It's not a matter of the propulsion. It's the matter of the speed and the competition, you know. And if, if we yeah. have one more, you know, to our arsenal, yippee, 
you know, we'll take it. And that's what we thought was so exciting when we saw your stuff. And talking about your stuff, geez, John, <laughs> we took way too much of your time already. We're way, way over. We just want to say to the CKIWI Radio 76 affiliates, yes, we know that we ran right over, but we're going to make it up on the Detroit Sports Authorities coming up here at 7 o'clock today. John, we didn't even scratch the surface. We've got to have you back. I appreciate you. Thanks a lot. I, I love what you're doing with CKIW. And, uh, keep up the good work. I'll talk to you later. Well, good. Then you can stick around. All right. Thanks, John. We appreciate right. it, sir. John Metrick, Bye-bye. of all places, man, from Lake Jackson, Texas, a Lone Star EV performance. And I, I'm telling you, this guy, he... he I'll tell you what. Let's, let's get a song in here. We'll get the uh, ID up and running. And then we'll talk a little bit more about uh, John Matrick and Lone Star EV performance. <laughs> 